This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. What are we doing? Shlomo Ben? Rachel. Rabotai, welcome everyone to another Wednesday night shiur. We're very, very excited. Um, I'm sure everyone over here heard, uh, I think the whole Jewish world heard the news about a rabbi in his 90s almost, close to 90. Anybody, anybody remember what I'm talking about today? It was all over the news, all over the Jewish world, all over the Jewish world. Today, the biggest, biggest story in the Jewish world was today, of a 90-year, almost 90-year-old rabbi, one of the G'dolei Ador. Who was it? His name was Ravigda Nevinsal. You know what happened today? Listen to this. Almost 90, 87 to be exact. They say today was the day he got into a car accident. And Baruch Hashem, everything was okay. The good news, everything's okay. So why, why did the whole Jewish world find out about it? Because the airbags popped. The airbags popped. Hatzalah came. He, he wasn't touched. He wasn't touched. But here's the kickoff. You ready for the kickoff? Here's the kickoff. Hatzalah has it, and I have, and I have. You could see. I could show everyone after I'm done. You could see it. What happens? The rabbi is sitting there in his car, in the in the car. No, no, he's in the passenger seat. He was in his car after everything was done, and you see him with a with a soft cover Gemara, and he's learning Gemara. Everything was okay with him, and he's learning Gemara at that that moment. At the accident finished, the airbags opened up. Hatzal, now Baruch Hashem is safe. He's safe. He's waiting for Hatzalah to come, but he's safe. Everything is clear. Everything is safe. He's completely safe. What happens? You see, you see him. You see him. Almost ninety years old. You see him, and he's waiting for Hatzalah. Right after the accident, he's everything's okay. You see him learning Gemara right after. I have a question for you. How is that possible? How is that possible? Usually, you know what they do after a person gets in the car accident. Tell you what they do. Usually, 99.9% of the times, usually, if, even if everything's okay, they usually give him a cup of wine. Calms him down. You know that? From the they, what? From the, From the adrenaline. It's such a big bang, and this, that, that, that. What do they do? They give him? Wine. They give a person wine. Some wine to calm him down. That happened. Over here, total opposite. What do you do? learning Gemara. My question to you is, How? How is that possible? What did he do? How is it even existent in the face of his earth to do that? Now I'm going to explain to you tonight, you're going to get the answer. You're going to get the answer from an amazing story that we have about Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef, we all know, this is, you have to know this, because when Yosef get, what do they do? They finally bring Binyamin. And when they bring Binyamin, they, they set up a goblet in Binyamin's sack, and they go and they tell, he tells, go, they put, they plant it, they plant it, season it. They don't know it's Yosef yet. Oh look, Benjamin leaves, go get Benjamin. They want to make, oh you have the, you have the goblet. No, we don't have nothing. No, you have the cup of Yosef. Oh, they don't know it's Yosef. They say you have the cup of the king of Egypt. They go like this, they open up the bag, and if you look at the pasuk, the pasuk something, something fantastic. Look what the pasuk says. It says, he says, "Hello, How'd you? How'd you do that?" Asher yishte Adoni bo, my master, which is uh, 
which is at the time Yosef, he says, he, he drinks from this cup. How do you take this cup? Notice he says, He does nichush. If you look at the Pasuk, Nichush is spelled Nachash. Who Nachesh? Yenachesh. Nachash. Exactly the words of Nachash. Yenachesh, Yenachesh. What is that? He does what? He does, it's, it's sorcery. Telling the future. Yeah? And later on, when they finally get to Yosef, Yosef says in the Pasuk, he says, I, Vayomer lehem Yosef, What did you do? Don't you know that a man like me does sorcery? So this needs a major explanation. What's going on over here? Now you must understand in advance, they don't know that it's Yosef yet. They don't know. So Yosef still has to put on a facade as if he isn't Yosef. So he had to act like an Egyptian in that sense of Nikush. Now what was that? What was that? Like this. Let me explain. What was the Egyptians? What was the sorcery? How you know some people they, they want to know the future, they want to know how to get to this. They were, well, what is it? Yenachesh, exactly with the stars. Why does anybody want to know how to do sorcery? So I'll tell you why. What is in the Torah when they speak about it? It speaks nachesh, nachesh. It comes from the word of what? Nachash. Snake. Now let me explain this. Rav Shemshin Rafal Hirsch says, there's one, there's one creature in the world. There's only one in the world creature that will never go straight. Even if any animal, when it looks at something, and it's going after something, it goes straight. It goes straight. It goes straight. There's one animal in the world that doesn't go straight. Even if he sees, oh, I want to go there, he's going there. But automatically goes like this, and goes like that, goes like this, goes like that, until he finally gets it. He doesn't go straight. Sorcery is a person who doesn't want to go straight. Now the question is, why doesn't he want to go straight? Why not? What? I'm going to explain to you right now. You'll understand everything right now. As soon as we're done, you'll explain it. You'll understand very clear. It means like this. In life, people want to beat the system. Right? They want, people in life, they want to beat the system. They want to skip steps. Right? So therefore what they do is, they want to see, oh wait, what's Yosef trying to do? Think about it. Yosef doesn't look like an Egyptian. He does not look like an Egyptian. They're thinking in their mind, how did this man become so powerful? Imagine right now you go to China and you become the president of China. <laughs> and I come on a, on a, on a trip. Yeah, Yonatan and I, we go on a trip to China. We, see, we meet the president. Hey, he, he speaks Chinese, but he's like a regular American guy. Hey, how you doing? Hey? And he also speaks, like, what? Hey, you doing? He, guy, he looks like a regular American guy. How did he become the president? So they're wondering, how did this man become so great? He says, oh, I know how to do sorcery, and I know how to skip the steps. 
and therefore I became so great. Because the snake, Nachash, Nihush, doesn't go straight. He skips steps and he gets to the top. So that's what it was all about. But in religion, in our religion, becoming religious, one of the things is, we don't want to skip the steps. In religion, we want to make every single step count. Now let me explain this very clearly. Let me explain it. This needs a lot of explanation. And that is like this. A lot of people in life, you take, um, they don't, people in life, it, it's, it's, it's natural. Because the Mishnayim says, Afriyot, Chomriyot, Gas. Again, the Mishnayim says, Afar, Afriyot, we're made of Afar, part of our existence is like uh, from the from the ashes, dusts, right? Chomriyot, the Chomer, it's gas. It, a person not necessarily wants to put in the full effort of working. You understand? He wants the easy way. You know? You ever see the, the guys who who really strive the guys really, really, really put in all his effort. Whoa, you start loving it. I'll give you an example. Let's take prayer for example. Prayer, we pray three times a day. We're praying three times a day. Shagrit, Mincha, and Arbit. Now, you might say, one of the halakhot of prayer is, you can't pray lazy. You know that? In the halakha, Shagrit says, you can't start the Amidah lazy. So I'm lazy, I'm praying lazy, then I have to pray now, but then I pray right now, the 15 excuses until the guy prays. You can't pray lazy. You gotta put in effort. Now when you put in effort, you enjoy the prayer more. A lot of times people don't put in the effort. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know this, they don't know that. So therefore they don't know. But if you know what you're saying, if you know what you're doing, if you really, really put effort into it, like I know what the words mean, you have more kavanah and yitfilah, and you put effort into it, you will start, I can't wait to pray. I can't finish the Amidah. I finish the Amidah, I'm like, oh my goodness, I finish the Amidah? When can I pray Mincha? I finish Mincha, when can I pray Adbit? The only way you're going to be able to achieve that is one way. When you're putting hard work of focusing and concentrating of the words of the Amidah. You will love it. You will so sweet. I'm talking to God. How often are you allowed? How often do you speak to Hashem? How, of course, you can speak to Him 24 seven. But over here, you're having a private meeting with Hashem. Private meeting. It, it's an investment for yourself. The thing is, people think, "Oh, I'm doing God a favor. I'm praying." Okay, I want me to pray now. Pray, pray. No, it's for you yourself. To go connect with Hashem. But, but I don't enjoy it, Rabbi. All right. You, you know, why are you not enjoying it? You're not putting the effort. You gotta put it. Cause people wanna be in a chesh, in a chesh. They wanna skip steps. Okay. Boom, I'm done. I don't wanna see, oh, every word. There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of sfarim out there that you can look up at meanings of the word and put the effort of the word. Now you understand it. Now you do it. But that takes hard work. And a lot of people don't wanna put in the effort. And therefore, a lot of times in the religion, things are not going so sweet. Same thing with learning. Guy wants to learn Gemara. A guy wants to learn Gemara. You know what Rabbi told me? This is what Rabbi told me, this amazing thing. I never heard this in my life. He said, he said back in the day, when he would get people to learn Torah, come and learn, and, and, and that's the way it would work in Gemara. Come learn Gemara. Now he does something else. If you want to learn, 
he has a meeting with you. We're going to meet. You, you know, he's coming to my Gemara class. In Rabbi Now community, he tells me, if a guy wants to join my Gemara class, I convince him, let's go learn, and he's convinced, let's learn, I'm in. You can't come into my Gemara class just like that. We have the meeting first. Yeah. Rabbi, I want to learn. Yeah, no problem, we're going to learn. We have to have a meeting. So, okay. So what's this meeting about? He says, you're about to enter, first time a guy, first time learning Gemara, first time learning Gemara. You're about to enter an understanding and a language that you never heard of in your life. It's called Aramaic. Now, the way you're going to enjoy it is one way. You're going to have to really concentrate and focus and put everything aside, put your, put your phone aside right now for the hour that we're learning and focus on what it's saying and really, really try to understand what's going on. And then little by little, little by little, you will start enjoying it like crazy. There's a guy who learns over here. His name is Avi. And the group that learns with him, Avi, you guys know Avi, right? Avi was a person that never learned Gemara. He's a very, 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 very uh, unique individual. He's a young, he's, uh, I would say, in his uh, high 20s. And he came to the shul. And when he came to the shul, I said to him, Do you learn? I asked him, Do you learn? He said, No. He told me, No. I said, How about learning a Gemara class on a, on a nightly? On a nightly. You know? I'll give you an example. You know, one time, a fellow went to go exercise. He wanted to go get a trainer to exercise with. And the, 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 the trainer tells this guy who wants to exercise, um, how many days, how many days a week? And I can only commit to once. He says, you can do it once, but in order to really feel it, you gotta do more. You gotta do it at least three times a week. You know, gotta work on the, work on the upper body, then one day we'll work on the legs, then you have another break, then two days later work on the upper body again. And he's doing his whole training, things like that. He says, that's the way you build. Gemara saying, well, of course you can learn once a week. But when you get into it more and more, you feel it more and more. But what? You gotta put in the work. So I told this individual, very nice, start it once a week, it's very good. Six months later, I tell him, why don't you come? This time I pushed him three times a week. He comes three times a week. Last week, I told him, this is about a year and a half learning. Last week I said, Avi, uh, you have friends that you could bring to learn? He tells me, no, they won't. I was like, wait, I don't understand something. He's like, no, Rabbi, you don't understand my, my, my school of friends? My 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 uh, my uh, group. We don't learn. We don't do it. We don't. So I said, like, "How did you?" So Rabbi, I tasted the sweetness of the Torah. I can't leave it. This is the exact words that he told me. And you know how? Because he put in the effort. He says, "This is what time it's class is starting. This is what time I'm going to come." You see him. His phone is away. His phone is away. It's shut off. He's focusing on the Gemara. He's focusing on the questions the rabbi is speaking about. He's trying to answer and figure out what the rabbi is trying to figure out and trying to answer and question and answer. His mind is working. When his mind is working so good, he can't wait to the next class. But what is it? It's effort. It's effort. It's putting in the work. But a lot of the people, they don't want to put in that work. And therefore, a lot of times... They're missing out in a big chunk of life. You know why? Because the Ola Haim Kadosh 
says, I wish I brought it for you. Kedosh says like this. Listen to what he says. He says, Right, I'll say Baracha. Please don't. The, the, you, you guys can answer, man. The people on uh, online uh, can because it's not. Uh, it's too. Uh, it's too hot. Okay, so we'll wait a little. It's too hot. Anyway, so he says like this. He says the the. Oh, I forgot what was the, what were we saying over there. Oh, Ayim says this is the the Rosh Yeshiva of Mikdash Melech would say this Orahim Kadosh. Every single time he came, once every like about a few months, this was the Orahim Kadosh that he would say. Every single time. I knew what he was going to say before he said it. I knew it. And I was right on the dot. What did he say? He quotes Orahim. If a person tasted the sweetness of the Torah, if he tasted the sweetness of the Torah, he will go crazy for it. He'll go so crazy for it, that he wouldn't care about anything else in his life but just learning the Torah. Please, Atash, pass me that Siddur, please, for a second. I want to show you a Pekavot. Please, I'm going to show you something. Open up, 666, open up. Listen to this, listen to this. Pekavot, unbelievable Pekavot. You ready for this? This I'm telling you, Hazon Ish. Don't get, don't get banged up from this, but listen to what I'm telling you right now. It's vote. We said 666. You opened it? This is the right page or no? You got it or no? This is the one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, here what he says. Listen what he says. Listen what he says. Amazing. You ready? This is going to blow your minds. This is going to blow your mind. You ready for this? It's, it's one of the one of the most pa- famous Pekavots, but it needs explanation. People read this and they flip out of their box. Rabbi, how could he? People look at it. What? How could it be? What? How could it be? I'm reading it with the Prakav. What says? Listen to me very carefully. We're reading it word for word. You can look it up yourselves. It's in Pedic Shishi, Mishnah Dalid. You ready? But don't fall off your seat. Stay on your seat. Kachi Darkashel Torah. This is what it says. This is the way of the Torah. And I know many people know this. But you can hear it again, and now we're going to explain it. Pat melach tochal. Now, before I explain it, there is a sefer called Sefer Taned Develiyahu that he explains, this means, what I'm about to tell you this means, only if a person only has this, it's all worth it. What, what is it? Listen. This is the way of the Torah. Bread, which is salt. That means you don't have a hummus. No hummus. I know you're like, what is it called? Lafa, hummus, what do they call it? What is it? No, there's a name for it. Yeah, but no, what is it? Udi. Yeah, yeah. What? What? No, why, 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 why mess it up like this? Anyway, so it's just like this. <laughs> yeah, then I get. Oh no, I forgot the name. I was with an Israeli once. He was taking me out. Let's go, and he said that word. Let's go, go, go. Then I get hummus or something like that. Don't you have hummus? No hummus over there. You have, you have salt. Salt? No, not even the gap. You have some salt. You have bread over here. That is different in something. They're different in bread. You have, you have bread. Let me finish completely. So what? You only have bread. No steak, no chicken, no fish, no nothing. No, not even vegetables. Just 
bread, bread and salt. That's what you're eating. Umayim ba tishte. You have some water. Misura means like a measurement of water. You have a little bit. You, know, you don't have the six gallon pole in spring. You have a little bit of water. You have a bottle You have a bottle of water. That's a yad. Yadi, when you finish the bottle, you have no water. That's a yad. So every day, let's say this is the derech of the Torah. What do you have in the morning? Some toasted bread. They didn't say toast, by the way. So it's hot. Some bread. And some salt. And you have some water. Continue. Continue. It's not over, by the way. This needs It's not over, by the way. Va'al ha'aretz tishan. What does that mean? Al ha'aretz tishan. What does aretz mean, Joe? Aretz means the ground, ground right? Al ha'aretz tishan sleep. That means no mattress. Sleep on the floor. No carpet. No, no carpet on the floor. Now you must understand. Again, according to the way the Tanit of was saying is, even if you don't have a bed, it's worth it to learn Torah. Even with no bed, if you can sit and learn Torah, we're not done yet. Continue. Continue. Imagine life of Tsar. What are you talking about, Rabbi? Tsar, who wants Tsarot? Nobody wants Tsarot. Let's, let's, let's finish. Let's finish. One ingredient you need. Torah, you work hard. Not just heke, 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 heke. You work hard. The problem is, people don't know how to work hard anymore. That's the problem. They don't know how to work hard. You hire a worker, what are you doing? Oh, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone, my phone. You and your phone, get off you and your phone, get that, get out of my office. You need your phone. Everything is the phone. No, he needs a phone, then he needs, then he needs a, a, a break to get a coffee, then his lunch break. Where were you? You don't understand, I had to get the whole thing. Yeah, before the guys work, how many hours you work at the end of the day? Four hours and a half. He's supposed to be not for eight hour work day. But ah, you understand. While well, it's child labor they're doing, they gotta make a whole excuse, right? Yeah. So it continues, continues, continues. Im ata osekin. If you do this, im ata osekin. What does it say? Ashrecha ba'olam hazeh. Praiseworthy are you in this world. Vetov lach le'olam haba. Yeah, what's going on? If you do do that, you'll you'll love it in this world. You'll be so happy in this world. And Tovla by the way, the real world? Oh forget about it. your king, your king. Now the question is, what does say Imatao second? It's telling you, right? This is the way of the Torah. Now again, according to the Eliyahu Navi, the way he explains it in his service, saying, even if a person has to come on to this, Baruch Hashem, if a person has his means, great. If you have more than bread and you have more than water and you have more than uh, you have a nice bed, great. But even if you have to come on to all this, it's worth it to learn Torah with Amelut and really work hard. And what? In this world and oh, of course, the next world. But what does the Hazanish say? Imatao second. What's Imatao second? If you do so. What do you mean if you do so? The whole, the whole Torah is if you do so. You have to tell me, in this Mishnah, you have to tell me if you do so. I tell you, be nice to people. If, and if you're nice to people, huh, by the way, and if you're nice to people, it's great. <laughs> what do you, of course it's great. I have to be nice. You tell me, be nice to people. Okay, and if you be nice to people, what do you mean? Nice? You just want me to be, be nice to people. This is the Derek of Torah. What are you saying? Imatao second. You know what the Chazunish says? You know what the Chazunish says? You'll only understand this, Imatao second, if you do it. If you work hard for the Torah, 
That's the only way you're going to understand what real pleasure is of learning Torah. Of real pleasure is Dafa Gemara. You know what it is to learn a Dafa Gemara? It's the biggest sensation in the entire world. There's no greater, greater pleasure in the world. In the world. Than learning one page of Gemara. But you say, Rabbi, I come to the Gemara because I'm half sleeping. <laughs> what happened? How you tell me it's the greatest pleasure? You know what the problem is? You didn't taste the sweetness yet. You're not there yet. Rabbi, how do I be there? How do I be there? How do I get there? Simple, simple, simple. I had one of my best friends. His name's David Franco. Rav David Franco. Listen to this. He was hired once from a school, from a school, to take care of a boy. This is what he told me. David Franco told me this story. Listen to this. He was hired in a school to take care of a boy that was flunking, that was failing, that was a loser. Yeah, forget it. Every time the guy did this, that, he doesn't know nothing, that thing he liked. And his job was, take him and make sure he doesn't fail. That was his job. That, that's the job. Imagine, you know, this one guy, make sure he doesn't fail this year. It was his last year, it was his 12th grade year. You know what Rav David did? That's what he did. He took one page of Gemara, I think it was Sukkah, the first page of Sukkah, I believe. I forgot which one. He told me which one it was. I forgot which one. And the entire year, he only learned with him that page. Word for word. The whole year of 12th grade, he learned with him one page. And part of the deal was that this boy has to, the whole year, he has to make sure he knows it so well that he can read it. That he can read it. They can read it. Like Asher Shabbatecha. Know it so well. Know all that she taught. Know it well, 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 well. If he knows it well, 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 then they're going on a, I don't know, a trip or take him out. I don't know what we promised him. But he said, that year, he reviewed the first page again and again and again and again until he finally knew it. He knew how to read it. He knew how to explain it. He knew the Rashis. He knew Tosafot. He said, by the end of the year, he loved that page of Gemara. He said, I wasn't going to Israel to learn Torah, but now I'm dedicating my one year right now, I'm going to Israel. I don't know what happened after that year. But imagine what took him around. What took him around? Because he did that one page. And he reviewed it, and he reviewed it, and he reviewed it. I can guarantee you, everybody in this room, and everybody listen to me right now, if you do that, just take one page. Take a rabbi, if you like. Rabbi, please, give me that one page. So I'm asking you, one page. The whole year, just give me one page. One page. Let's learn it. I'm going to take notes on it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to review it. The rabbi wants an investment back, you know what I'm saying? He's not going to teach a student, and the student's going to say, oh, spacing out, all He wants an investment. He wants, the rabbi wants you to tell him, oh, by the way, you should know, I reviewed it four times over Shabbat. You did? Yes. We're going to, re- we're going to learn more. Oh, the next week. Rabbi, you should know Shabbat? I reviewed my stuff. Oh, yeah? Great, let's do it again. And you do a little piece, little piece, little piece, little piece. The Shabbat, that's what you do. And you review it again and again. Even if you have to review that page of Gemara 100 times, I guarantee you, after you did that page 101 times, guaranteed, you will love that piece of Gemara. You would kiss that Gemara. You'll go crazy about the Gemara. You'll be thinking about the Gemara. That's what you would be doing. Try it. Try it. And guess what? Guess what? 
there's three places in the Torah where it speaks about miksha. You know what miksha means? Kashe, miksha, hardship. But over there it says it has to be, for example, the menorah. It says, you know how you build a menorah nowadays? You have different pieces. You put this piece together, that piece together, this piece together, that piece together. But over there, what do you have to do? What do you have to do? You have to take one piece. Imagine having a nice big piece of gold and carving out a menorah. It's hard. That's hard. Carve out. Take a block and carve out a whole menorah from it. It's pretty hard. And it has to be big, it has to be this shape, it has to have all the flowers, you know, and you know how hard that is? It's detailed. It's not like, oh, you go like this, this, that. It's all detailed on the thing. Straight. And use the Then it says, the next place is, by Keruvim. You know what the Keruvim is? The cherubs on top of the Aron. You know the cherubs? That was also in one piece. You had to carve it out. And the third thing, what, what it says is, is the trumpets. You know the trumpets in the, in, in, to gather the people? When you want to gather the people, you blow a trumpet? That has to be carved out. Miksha. It's also Miksha, Miksha. It comes from the son of Kashe. And why those three? Because those three represent something that's very important and vital in, in our life. You know what those three represent? First thing is, is the menorah. What does it speak about the menorah? If you pray, right? Yadrim. Which is the menorah represents the light. The light of what? Torah. Kiner mitzvah ve Torah or. Or. The or is the light of the Torah. And in order to get that light of the Torah, it's like what? An olive. You know, an olive, if I put a wick in an olive, can I light it? But if I squeeze the olive and I get the oil, can I light it with a wick? Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's how you light the olive oil over here. That's, that's exactly what we did over here. How do you think this, this company did? What they do? They squeeze some olive. Go take an olive. Squeeze the olive. You get some oil. Put a wick, a candle. It lights. But wait, one second. If I take the wick and I, and I put the wick inside the olive and I light it. Why not? What? You know why? It's teaching us a lesson. You want the wisdom of the Torah? You have to squeeze. You have to work. Doesn't just come like this. Then you get the light. Then you get then you get the light. But you got to put in the work. You got to put in the effort. You got to go hard. Let's go. I'm doing it. Bah! I'm doing it. You do it. Wow. Lights came. Wow. Amazing. Wow. What happened? And even, even your character will change. Even the insides of you will change, by the way. A lady once said, Rabbi, I'm having Shalom bite. Your husband learned. He doesn't know nothing. I guarantee you. Let him learn. Good, good, good. All of a sudden, he's a different man. What happened? Torah, Torah lit him up. What do you think it is? Torah lights you up. Wow, what happened? Fire. Huh? Huh? It's good, it's because it's true. That's why it's good. You hear that? You hear what's going on? Now, the next thing is also, part of it, is raising kids. People think it's their cruise control. Easy pass. You have kids. Yeah, we'll see you later. Yallah, go to school. Come back. What did you do in school? One day you're all going to have kids. You got to know how to raise them. You know how you raise them? Mikshak. You got to put in effort. It doesn't go cruise control. It's like that. And your kids become Sadiqim. No. It doesn't do like that. It's not going to happen like that. It's the father and the mother. They're going to have to go in together 
and raise the kids. There's a famous ma'asha that says that if you, if you, uh, I'm not going to go into that ma'asha, but the bottom line is, you have to have that effort to raise your kids. It doesn't come squeeze that. And the next thing is the trumpets. What's the trumpets? Trumpet was to gather the people. Everyone is a leader in their own way. And in order to lead, when you're gathering the people, let's say for example, you're a father on a Shabbat table. You have to lead the table. You know what I personally do on my table? And it became, it became so used to it that all my kids know. And I did it when they were young. When my, when my oldest kid was in first grade, what was the first thing? What's he about Torah? Oh, daddy, I don't have, okay, you don't have the Torah? What do you mean? What did you learn in school? All week you didn't learn nothing in school. What did they teach you in school? You know? Now she feels like, oh, next she pays attention next week. Now she comes on the, on the table next week. She has the Dvar Torah. Oh, I like the Dvar Torah. She knows daddy's going to ask me the Dvar Torah. But that's how you lead the table. Not every one of my kids, they know. Shabbat table, we go, we have Kiddush. Daddy, can I say my Dvar Torah first? No, I want to say my Dvar Torah. Now it's fine. So which one's going to say it first? Say so oldest, the youngest. That's it. Today, it's Purim, we're going to youngest to oldest. And Hanukkah, miracle, we're going to middle to the oldest to the youngest. Hey! Look at the difference. But everybody's excited. They get pumped. Whoa, whoa. And everybody has it on the table. Why? Because they're trained. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be a father. You're going to be a mother. That's what it is. You've got to lead properly. You've got to lead properly. And guess what? It's all training. You know, I just had a Hanukkah party um, the other day. Actually, and at this Hanukkah party, let me tell you, let me, let me tell you what I did. I had in mind the young kids, their, their, te- their 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. You know what it is to be a teenager, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders? So I decided in my mind, this party is not going to be just a party. Eat uh, pastrami sandwiches and corned beef, have some coke, and Rabbi, I'll see you later. And dance a little bit around the Marorah. Alright, Rabbi, we'll see you later. Thanks. The first army was great. Thank you. Tach. And leave. I said, no. You know what I had in mind? I had in mind that the whole party is going to be amazing with Divre Torah. And when they came in, so everybody wash. Everybody listen. Everybody washed. They came to the table. Now they're at the table. I see them about to speak very good. Let them speak. Let them speak. Then I get up, guys. Rabotai, I want to share something—a story. A story, you know, a story. Everybody pays attention, you know. Story that happened to me personally. So everybody got the attention, right? And then we went to the Dvar Torah. And then another rabbi was there. I said, Rabbi, guys, one more Dvar Torah. Another rabbi, your turn, your Dvar Torah. And they all and they all listened. And the party was ninety percent Torah, ten percent eating. I could promise you that. 90% Torah. What happened? It only takes a leader to see what's going on. I don't want it to be like this. I want it to be like this. And you, as a leader, you have to stand up and you have to do it right. And your Shabbat table, if you do it like what I'm telling you, you do it, you train it well. You don't have to be, you don't want to be too much. You got to make it also light. You know, sometimes the kid doesn't want, you don't have to force the kid, da, 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 da. I don't do that. One of my kids don't have, okay, next, next week, next, you don't have next, okay, do it in two weeks. You don't have to force, otherwise you don't want that. You do it, yeah, you gotta be smart, but you gotta be a leader. And it's hard. It's not gonna be that easy, because you gotta put in effort. And that we go back to the story of Ravugda Nevinsal. How is it possible that he got into an accident and he has airbags popping out? And again, he has a lot of room to breathe. You know, the airbags, they pushed it in. Now he's right there. 
and Hatzalah is coming to him, and he's, he's learning his Gemara. How is it possible? The airbags were on the side. It wasn't on his face. It was all the way on the side. How was it? Because he worked so hard in his life with the Gemara, that he loved it so much, he was addicted to it. He couldn't stop it. You know Rav Yashif? You heard of Rav Yashif? You know what happened to him at the age of about 102? You heard what happened to him at 102? 102! He had major, major back pains at the end of his life. At the end of his life, he had major back pains. And he was sitting down learning Gemara, and his back, major back pains. He calls, the, there was a, one of his sons, or his grandson was in charge. They called the doctor. One of the doctors, they said, check the, 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 the back pain, right? Do, do the, 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 the back pain of, of the rabbi. And they, and they showed him the scan. This is the scan of the rabbi's, uh, they scanned his back and they did, they showed all the thing. So, okay, the rabbi is over 100 years old. So the rabbi is not going to the doctor at this point. The doctor is coming to the rabbi. So the doctor came to Rabbi Yashiv's house. And as they walk in, so the doctor is asking the grandson, okay, where's the patient? Says, he's right there. He sees him learning Gemara. And the doctor looks at the grandson and says, this is a story. That, it's not him. This is what he mean. He says, that's not him. Where is the patient? He says, no, no, no. That is the patient. He says, no, it cannot be him. Where is the patient? He says, no, this is, this is, the, only, this is, the, only, this is the only rabbi in the house. This is the him. He says, what? He says, why do you think that that's not the patient? He said, because I saw the skin from his back. It's impossible that if he has a skin like that, that he could be sitting up. And, and, and learning. It's impossible. His back would hurt him too much. It'll kill him so much. They went. The doctor said, Rabbi, how are you feeling? The rabbi said, the pain is, it was killing. Are you sitting down with crazy pain? The pain is killing. Says, how are you sitting? Says, the, the pain of not learning the Yamara is harder for me than the pain of my back. Wow. Wow. <laughs> What's going on over here? <laughs> the pain of not learning is harder than the pain of my back. How'd you get to that level? Effort. It's work. And when you do work in the religion and you don't skip steps, you start loving the prayers, you start loving the Gemara, you start loving life. This is the great lesson that we're learning here today. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.